Welcome to this week's episode of the Down the Put Podcast. This week I'm joined by Halifax Wanderers defender and super nice guy, Chris Inset, and also by Warfront of Four and Wanderers insider, Chris Searle. We had a great chat about a lot of different topics. Steve Steele joins me in part two for his outlook on the NBA trade deadline day. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. Imagine if I never met the broskies. God's plan. God's plan. I can't do this on my own. Hey, no. Someone watching this shit close. Yep, yeah, close. I've been me since Scarlet Road. Hey, road. Hey. Might go down as G-O-D. Yeah, wait. Welcome to the Down the Pub podcast. I'm joined this week by our good friend Chris Searle of the Wharf 104 Instagram account. And I'm also joined by one of the stars of Halifax Wanderers inaugural season, defender Chris and Sat. Welcome to the podcast, lads. Hi, welcome, welcome. Thank you to invite me to your podcast, guys. How you doing, Anthony, brother? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Uh, just chilling here on a Wednesday with a beer in front of me, talking football. What more could you want, man? Straight up. Uh, yeah. So uh, this message is for uh, Chris, the famous Chris, actually, like not not you, Chris. Sarah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it so, works. <laughs> so, so you grew up in the Montreal Impact Academy system. How good is our system, and how did it help you develop? Uh, the system, I think, is very good. It's very like professional because like all the coaches, the staff, and everybody is like very like strict, and they take care of you a lot. I mean, like, they help you for, like, everything, every, like, small tactic things that you have in football or, like, in life also. They can help you and fix you in that. But, like, me, they really helped me, like, for, like, all the technique point because I was – I know I was good defensively, but all the, like, technique aspect on football, they really helped me. They, like, work on something specific, like, every day to make sure to get better. And that's where I left Impact Academy. So is that, is that how you became a versatile player, Chris? Like just because yeah, they were really uh, they 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 touched on specifics, I guess is what you're saying. Yeah, because they're very like doing every every position. That means you always like play in like a lot of position when you're training. That means it's like I can I learn a lot with like every position. That's why I can like I'm able to play kind of everywhere. Yeah, definitely. You can definitely notice like that you're you're comfortable on the ball, which a lot of defenders don't always have. Um, so, so they must work on like your technique an awful lot too. Yeah. So so how did the move to Halifax come about? Oh, it was good. It was, uh, I really liked it last year. And I think it was a great move. I have no regret to that move. And yeah, I love the city and everybody there. I mean, I have no negative thing to say about it. So at the beginning, Chris, um, was it between Halifax and another city? Did you have options? What kind of made you choose Halifax over other teams? Uh, I have the choice with York and okay. Halifax. Okay. Yeah. And New York, like, really pushed on me to, like, get me, like, all the times. And uh, I heard a lot of good things about Halifax and Stephen Hart. And I was, like, not sure about, like, which one I would take. And my agent was, like, I think it was more with uh, – Halifax too and after that the uh, coach of Jimmy from uh, York he talked with Steven and like I don't know they take a decision like they I think Jimmy said okay you know what never mind you can take it and we'll see like in the few years if I'm gonna take it back or something like that uh, okay okay, okay. After like that they, they talk to each other and like they make the decision for me it probably that felt was, good to be wanted too yeah yeah 
for sure. Mm. It definitely worked out well for Halifax anyway. Oh, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how did you think the club's first season went? Uh, it was it was not, we're going to say the truth, it was not the best one. But for sure, we know like the point that we miss and the thing that we need to work on. And I think in general, if I talk for me, it was it was okay. I know I can do better, but in general, I know we can do better. Everybody, all the team can do better. You were talking about the mistakes from last year, Chris. Um, I know that you guys were as tough as things were. You were still pretty tight knit in some circles. Who was one of the guys that's not coming back last year that you're gonna miss a lot? Ah, oh, there's a lot. There's a lot because I know I get really close with some player like Andre Bona. Uh, Zoom, Langua, uh, Shakib Osin, Vincent Lamy, Mohamed Koruma, Aziz. Like, I got, you know, that was the guy what I was like staying with a lot and we got like passing every day together. I mean, even Elliot Simmons, even that's why we're like getting closer and like, I'm for sure, for sure they're going to miss, I'm going to miss them. So you must be, uh, you must be happy to see the majority of them find new clubs though. Yeah, that's what I want. I want them. I talk to them every day. I just want them to like find some new club and just like keep playing soccer and never stop. You know. Um, on topic of the sport, who do you support? For what? Like, who's your uh, who's your team? Like, who do you support? Who's your who's your club? In in football? Yeah. Uh, me, I'm a Barca fan. Okay. Okay. Yeah, always. But I know now they're not doing like really, really good. But I'm always support them because I'm really like a Messi fan and Samuel Umtiti. That's why it's kind of like bring me for this team. And what about what about other sports? Because you kind of you kind of rebuttaled me there for a second. <laughs> yeah, but in basketball, I'm like a LeBron James. I mean, I'm a Lakers fan right now. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm following LeBron James. If he's changing, I'm changing team too. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> hey man, yeah. you're not the you're not the only one, bro. You're not the only one. Yeah, exactly. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 common knowledge that LeBron fans exist and you can't hate on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um so on a personal level, uh, you seem to get better and better as the season went on. Um how do you think your season went just for you personally? For me? Yeah, uh, I think at the beginning it was like it was good, like because I got time to play a lot. The first five, six games, I was doing a good job, I think so. And I know it got like I know the thing I need to work on, but I was like, you know, I was more comfortable because I know I was playing and like I have my time. And after that, for sure, in football you got some injured. That means you need to like keep like trying to get better when you come back. And for sure, I was trying to fight for my for my place to time to play, and I think it was not the best season that I know I can do. But I really like think it was not that bad. If you sign me back, I mean, he saw he saw something on me that was good. I mean, that's a good point about it. But I hope next year gonna be better. You know, the fans loved you, man. That that's not even a question. I yeah, think I love them too. For sure. I think of of all the players last year, I think you were probably the one guy that didn't get. Um, criticism. I think ah, even when you made mistakes, I think people really saw that you cleaned up the mess or or you wore your heart on your sleeve. You reacted to some of the mistakes you made. Yeah. So um, I, I think that the, that's that's something in your character that that's to be admired. I I think and that's top. I probably another reason why they signed you back because you had that personality on the field. I yeah. mean, we were 
we were talking the other day about you tackling left and right. Like the exactly. your your highlight video on YouTube was just all tackles. <laughs> but that's a that's a beautiful thing, right? That's yeah. that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and with that said, I mean, you say you're a Barcelona guy, you're a Messi guy, but you're a defender. Uh, so yeah. who are your inspirations? Like who growing up did you watch that you kind of mold your game after today? Because I know you even got a little bit of midfield game in you. So was it a midfielder? Was it a yeah. defender? Was it Messi? No, at the beginning, it was more uh, midfielder. It was Yaya Touré. Ah, my man. Yeah, nice. A lot of Yaya Touré. And after that, Angolo Conte come from nowhere. Yep. And I was yep. like, oh, who's that guy? And people was telling me that I used, I used when I played in the midfield, I was a bit like him. I was like, oh, yeah. And I started to watch this guy. And after, like, when I was playing a lot in center back, I was watching a lot Samuel Umtiti. Oh, yeah. Barcelona. One of my favorite players. Yeah, I was watching him a lot. That's why I really want, I always want to be a left footer because of him. I mean, I'm always trying to play with my left foot when I play center back. Left center back, that's why, like, when I look at this guy a lot, I'm trying to, like, play a bit like that. Does uh does, does Steven know that you're compared to Angolo Kante? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's something but, he needs to know. <laughs> but he, I don't know if you know, but he always tell me I got this aggressivity, like, you know, to be like run everywhere. I can run a lot and like defend and win some ball. You always know that. I mean, you always tell me that. I mean, maybe you know that. But we'll see. Well, I, I I was joking last year during the season, but I mean it's a legitimate thing. Who had more slide tackles in the box than Chris Insa? And you won just about every single one of them. Yeah, like, uh, I, I said that the, the YouTube video is like it's just literally like just perfectly timed slide tackles. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's it's a it's like it's. It, to me, it's, a, it's an art form just as good as, like, being able to take, like, beat somebody or to score a volley. Like, being able to slide tackle properly and time it is a huge part of the game. And it's kind of been forgotten about a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's really, it's a joy to watch you uh, uh, bring that into the back into the game. So, Thanks a lot, guys. So, um, so, I guess, like, everybody wants to be a footballer growing up. Uh, you're getting to live the dream. Um, yeah. Obviously, obviously, it's hard to stay at the top level. What's a normal day like for a professional footballer? For a professional footballer, when we are in Halifax, it's like you woke up like early in the morning. You do like you take a small snack, not a big breakfast because sometimes it's too early. You go to training, you train, you take a shower, you get back home, you eat straight when you're home. You cook something, you eat, and the most of the time after that, we're taking a nap because we're always tired after the training. After the nap, we need to walk up, wake up. We go, most of the time we are going like to one room, just talk with friends, just chilling, you know, just watch TV and hang out with the guys. And after we're going back home, cook the supper, eat. And after that, most of the time is the night you're doing like, sometimes people are doing some homework or watching TV, or like go out and see friends, or pass time with the girlfriend, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a it's not a G-rated program, Chris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was uh, 
I, I was feeling sorry for you there until you said that you were able to take naps in the afternoon. I was like, that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve naps, though. They deserve yeah. naps. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, kind of totally off topic, um, we've been talking about expansion on the show over the last couple of weeks. Um, I guess one of the questions that one of my friends actually had for you, um, if you could choose between the Montreal area or Quebec City, where would you choose the next Canadian Premier League franchise to be, brother? Um, I think the best one will be in Quebec. Okay. Yeah, because it's a bit far from Montreal. I mean, they got a lot of fun over there. That means it's going to be good for them to have some soccer over like a big sport over there. Okay. Because if it's too close from Montreal, I think there's already Montreal Empire. I mean, everybody's going to be like, oh, they can go to Montreal Empire and to see like the team in Quebec. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the best one will be there or also in Laval, maybe. But I, I really think the best one will be in Quebec. Okay, okay. Still, still speaking of new franchises, obviously. Yeah, uh, the one Ottawa's in Ottawa. Been, yeah, how excited are you to play there again? Oh, a lot, a lot, because I know it's close from from uh, Montreal. I mean, when I'm going to play there, all my family going to be able to be there. My friends, I mean, it's a perfect place. And I really like Ottawa City too. I mean, I can't, I already can't wait to play, to play there. And it's a good city too, you know. What's uh what's what's sorry what's uh what's TD place what's the stadium like? It's very huge, very big, and it's synthetic. I mean, nice, very nice, uh, nice field. Nice. Um, earlier in the week, uh, there was a a leak over in the Spanish news about the 11th of April being the start date. Now, you don't have to tell us any secrets, brother, but um, <laughs> how in the ballpark is that April 11th rumor? What's the rumor? I never heard about this rumor. So the, there was a Spanish newspaper that was just reviewing the Ottawa franchise. Um, yeah. And in the article, they mentioned that April 11th was going to be the start date of the season. Now, the schedule hasn't been released, so there hasn't been any information. But oh. do you have any information? Uh, not yet. Even uh, I'm surprised about like to hear it right now. I never heard that, but you know we don't we don't really know like a lot about when the season is gonna start, the schedule and everything. I think pretty soon we're gonna know all that. But so far, I can I cannot answer this question. Like, no, brother, that's all good, man. That's all good. Know. You know me, man. I don't pry too hard, brother. I yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I always ask once, and then it's a clean slate from there, man. It's a clean slate. But if I knew, I would I would let you know. For sure. Oh, of course, man. Of course, of course. No, it was uh, it was just an article, pretty much the article over in Spain that kind of like reviewed what was going on. And in the article, it mentioned that the season started on the 11th of April. And I said, whoa, that's really early. I, mean, I think it's too early. I think yeah, because, I mean, early. you were here, the Halifax weather. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. What did you think about the Halifax weather? It was, it was not that bad, but it was just cold, like, for a long time, you know? Like, it was cold until, like, May, end of May, beginning of June. Mm. I mean, Montreal was already like summer, and everybody was like doing barbecue, and us, we were <laughs> inside because it was too cold. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think after that, when I when we arrived there in March, it was not really cold. And here in Montreal, it was really cold, you know? That's why it was always like normal weather, not too cold, not too hot. Yeah. So, uh, this, que this question is from uh, our good friend Denton. Um, 
with with Canada being such a huge country, how difficult is the lengthy journeys uh, when you have to go to away games? Oh, it's hard <laughs> to go to away games because you know the country is a bit too big that we have, <laughs> and like to travel all that for one game, and with like the hours are different. I mean, for real, for the body, it's really hard to like be able to play every game to like a hundred percent. You can give like to give everything. That's why it's kind of hard, but also it's a, also a nice thing because you always like see different cities, see different places. And play against different fans. That's why I like about it. But yeah, for sure, it's kind of hard. That's actually a, literally led into my question. Um, of the other six stadiums, we're not going to include Ottawa, even though you probably played your arse off against the Fury. <laughs> um, I, that was one of my favorite performances of the season by you. But what's the uh, of, of the Canadian Premier League franchises? <laughs> what's your favorite away stadium, away fans, away city? Hmm. Away fan, I will say uh, Valor. I think I think Valor. Okay. Yes. Uh, I kind of really like Valor fan. There were kind of like a lot. I think so, if I remember. And the vibe over there was always like, you know, there was a bit of stressing, and the fan was always like behind us. But if you tell me about like which field was better, I would say it was. Ah, uh, okay. Field. Yeah. But if we talk about fun, I think I will say Okay, probably. okay. Is, uh, is York a grass pitch? Yeah, it's a grass pitch. Is that, that, how, diff- how much does that make a difference to you guys? Uh, for me, me, not really, because I used to play synthetic and grass a lot. But for the rest of the guys, I know they they really like only like grass field and like they ate synthetic. I mean, for, the, for them, it's hard. It's too hard, but me, I really used to it. I mean, well, that was one of the that. things that when the, the season was over, when I got to speak to Juan Diego, he said it was really hard. You play half the season on grass, half the season on turf, and then you guys train two-thirds of the time on turf. So it was very hard to get a yeah. consistent feel for what was going on. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. I think it can lead to like a lot of injuries too because you're going from different surfaces like that, it's different stress on your joints and all that kind of stuff. So no, yeah, that's true. And for the knees too, and like, yeah, that was hard to handle for. Every- it was not easy to handle for everybody. That's- so uh, we we've seen like a lot of uh, new players underway to uh, to Halifax. Um, how excited are you about the new players they've signed? Oh, for real, really excited. I know there's a lot of good players that we signed and a lot of good players that's coming too that we didn't sign yet. But I know it's, this year is going to be really like a good year for us. And I think like I really feel the team that we got a good team to do something this year and to win the championship or I don't know, finish like really like on top of the, of the, the, the league. But for sure, it's going to be hard. We're going to fight. Everybody's going to fight for like the to be in the starting and to be in the 18 who can travel. I mean, I'm really excited to, to start the season. And I know we're going to have a good team. Right on, brother. Right on. Um, random question from my godson. Um, he was a big fan of you. I mean, I know you met him early in the year and he was right shy around you. But um, he's a big yeah, fan of you yeah. like we all are. One of the things that he kind of was uh, attracted to by you guys was how much you guys were influenced by music. And he was wondering, who are the artists that you listened to before a game to get you kind of hyped up and excited? Oh, music. I think, like, 
the last year with the team we had is very like music was very like important for us because we always like dancing and singing. But we used to have like two, three song like team song that we always like when we're listening, everybody's like hype and like everybody know the lyrics. It was uh, Davido, a singer who named Davido, Burna Boy. It was kind of this guy that we listening a lot and also Drake sometimes. We most of the time we are listening to that song like before the game and after the game if we win, when we win we were like, screaming on this song <laughs> and like Yeah, that was like the top song that we were listening in the last year. What what's the chances those songs are gonna be played at the stadium this year? <laughs> uh I think they yeah, of course. Maybe they're going to play. We'll see. It's actually funny you say that because I'm going to bug Marvin here in the next couple of weeks. I want that playlist from last year because it was it oh, was yeah. almost <laughs> like from from start to finish, like once the doors opened right to before kickoff, like that playlist was almost perfect. Yeah. Like you had you had yeah. a little bit of a little bit of local music. You had like you said, you had some Drake. You say you had Burner Boy. Yeah. You had some dance music and then. So, yeah, it, it, it was it was a very good mix of music, and and I, it was kind of funny yeah, when yeah. when I asked my godson if I if you if I wanted to ask you anything on his behalf that he asked about the music because I thought to myself, geez, I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, does he want a job on the podcast? Who, my godson? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, his birthday's on Sunday. That might be a damn good gift. <laughs> Come do a show. Come do a show. <laughs> so uh, back to the city, brother. Back to the city. Couple of your favorite spots to go. Uh, if you're gonna tell a, another CPL player where to go when they're in town, other than Missy's place. Oh, <laughs> really? Like place to eat? Yeah, or... place to eat. Uh, even a scenic spot. Like, is there a spot that you and the lady used to go to? <laughs> Uh, quick things like that. I know there was a lot of like good African food spot that I know a lot of guys gonna like it. Uh, for sure too to go like to the waterfront to see a kind of everything because I know there was like a good thing, a lot of good thing over there. We used to go like when it was the summer. We used to go very like every two three days just go there and it was like a lot of activity to do. Oh yeah, sometimes we used to go like I, I don't know if the name but like next to this to the sea. Like not the waterfront, but it was some like little spot that we going like just there to relax and just eat some uh, ice cream and just like you know, hang out with straight the guy. Straight up, straight up. Yeah. Nice. So um you've pl- you've played with a have you played with a LBG from Valor? Yeah. So what what do you think he's gonna bring to the uh, to the team? Oh, it's gonna be a lot because I know he's very good to break the line. Like with the good pass, we're gonna bring us like to the like to the striker, you know, to touch a lot more the striker because last year I think we have the difficulty to like reach from the sti- the striker and the guy playing in front. I think he's very good for that, and he's gonna like to, with the ball on his feet and time. He can find some perfect pass and like help us to like score some goal and like be able to score more goals. Amazing. So, have they told you when preseason is going to start or anything? Uh, we need to be in Halifax for the first of March maximum. I mean, I think already before that we're going to be there. Nice. That's when. That's yeah. when it's all going to feel real again. That like it's the season's going to be starting soon. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, so, so have they got any like kind of friendlies lined up for you guys, or are they just they do not tell you anything? The if uh, friendly yeah. games, you said. Uh yeah, we don't know. We don't know anything yet. I know last year we like they wait for everything to tell us, even like where we're we gonna go for preseason, and everything. They they're gonna tell us everything when we're gonna be there. I think so. So. That me, me and yeah. Chris can put a team together and we can play as <laughs> <laughs> well no I was joking with them guys I said we're going to play some basketball maybe I mean at least at least shoot some hoops nah, but yeah, I'm down. <laughs> we don't yeah, have to play sure. 3 on 3 or 5 on 5 because we don't need to be responsible for anybody getting injured but um, <laughs> we're definitely going to take some jump shots this year for sure man yeah but last year we used to play some quick games at the Canada oh, yeah. Game yep. Center. Yeah, we used to play some 2v2 over mm. there. Yeah, after after mm. team session. I, I honestly think that this year you're going to be recognized an awful lot more around the yeah. city because the city's like buzzing. Yeah. So are, yeah. you, are, you, are you ready to be a celebrity yet? I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted all my life to just do it really. That means... <laughs> If I'm gonna feel like that, that's why I want, <laughs> and I'm gonna show them some love. Nice. If that's what they want. we'll uh, we'll, we'll get a lot of people to be at the airport when you come in, and I'll have a red carpet for you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'm gonna be at the airport. Maybe I'm gonna go with my car because I want to bring my car, and uh, I'll think about it. But <laughs> I really want to bring my car, like. Now you know that I mean, maybe I'm gonna, just gonna drive it. We'll do the red carpet at my place. We'll, figure, we'll <laughs> yeah. figure something out. The boys coming from the University of Montreal, uh, Sizoko, and yeah. uh, how do you say his name? Is it Kareem? Uh, oh, yeah, Omar. I mean, we said it. Kareem. Okay, okay. Yeah. What do you know about these well, guys, man? Because I when I covered U Sports for a couple of weeks there, I only got to see them during nationals. And the both of them jumped out at yeah. me, but you might know a little bit more about them. So tell the people what, what to expect. Uh, Sisoko, he was, I used to play with him since I'm young. He was very really old. And for me, he was really old, you know. And I was when I was playing midfielder, he was very really the guy I was looking at, like trying to play like him, awesome. you know. And like he's really like a nice midfielder, like fighting a lot defensively. Uh, he's, he's, he got like, he can cover a lot of space, like running a lot. Got some good passing, some good dribbling too, and he's very really a nice guy too. Like he's very really a nice brother. Like I know he's gonna be good with like a lot of the team, of the guys from the team. And Omar Krem, I never I played once with him. I think so. He's a nice dribbler. Yeah, he's very, fast. very, very clean. Yeah, fast. He can dribble a lot, a lot. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the kind of thing that we need. I mean, that would be perfect. Right on, yeah. brother. Right on. I really want to thank both of you for for joining us. It's 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 really nice of you to take time out of your your hectic schedules to uh, just talk a little bit about football. Yeah, and no. the season can come quick enough. I, I really can't. I'm really super excited for it. Thanks to famous Chris and thanks to Chris Sale. Really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great night, guys. Thanks, Mel. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. Just like I'm the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the hoop. My favorite play is the alley. Ooh, I like the pick and roll. I like the give and go. Because it's basketball of Mr. Kirch's flow.
So today was the NBA trade deadline day. Um, so I'm joined by Steve Steele, our encyclopedia of NBA stuff, um, who is just going to take quick, <laughs> just trying to take a look, a quick look at the the big trades of the day. So how's it going, Steve? How are you, bud? Not too bad. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. So was it an exciting day, a boring day? Like, because for for football fans. It's usually kind of exciting. This year was really, really boring. So hopefully you had a better day with the NBA trade, trade deadline. I don't think trade deadline day was boring per se. It depends. It depends on how you look at trade deadline day. If you're, if you're, if you want your team to be a mover or a shaker, in that case, it was a boring day for Raptors fans because absolutely nothing happened. But as far as the NBA landscape goes, yeah, the, the biggest deal of the day was definitely like the. Well, there was the deal two days ago with Capella going to um, Atlanta. That was a big one, and Covington going to. Um, God, I don't remember anymore. Either way, the matter of the story is Andrew Wiggins going to Golden State and D'Angelo Russell going to Minnesota so he could play with his best friend was the, is the talk of the trade bit of the deadline bomb and was exciting to see. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, of course, uh, Canada's second ever first overall pick. And uh, he sucks, um, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> he does. Like, at the end of the day, Andrew Wiggins sucks. Like, me, you've seen me and Mitchell going back and forth about Andrew Wiggins. A- Andrew Wiggins is like if DeMar DeRozan – was like the 10th man on a bench. <laughs> so, like, uh, so like Andrew Wiggins is like, I love DeMar DeRozan. He wasn't the greatest basketball player. I love him, all, uh, but I do love him. But Andrew Wiggins is like the food stamp version of DeMar DeRozan. So yeah, I, I'm, when he makes jokes about him coming back, coming to Toronto, I like vomit and throw up all over the floor. <laughs> I think if it wasn't for the first ever Canadian first overall pick, Andrew Wiggins would be the biggest bust of the decade. That's how bad Andrew Wiggins is. Um, wow. uh, well, maybe not. Well, actually, no, Markel Fultz is starting to turn it around, so it would be Markel Fultz probably. But anyway, we're going back to trade deadline. Uh, another big move was the Clippers went and got Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas and then promptly waved five foot four Isaiah Thomas. Poor guy. His career has fallen off a cliff. The, the Detroit Pistons trading Andre Drummond, their franchise center, to an even worse team. Uh, that one didn't make any sense. Uh, that, so that's interesting. There's a lot of interesting trades, but there was no, like, the big superstar move. The, the most famous, successful player traded today was D'Angelo Russell. Why have the Warriors decided to uh, get rid of him and bring in Wiggins if Wiggins is shit? Wiggins' contract ends in a year a year earlier. Um, D'Angelo Russell's a point guard, and they already have Steph Curry, so they, they didn't need another all-star point guard. Uh, I... Uh, Wiggins is a better defender than D'Angelo Russell. Maybe that's Curry comes back this year, which I doubt he will because the Warriors are definitely tanking. I believe they're gonna they're gonna unload Wiggins in the offseason anyway. Like I think they're gonna try to move Wiggins again. Like the, Wiggins will only have two years left on the contract, I think, by the time this season's over. So like, uh, like honestly, if the Golden State Warriors waived Andrew Wiggins' bum ass, I wouldn't be surprised. So <laughs> that's wow. how I feel. Because um, everybody's been talking today about like how. This is a huge move for the Warriors, and it's going to um, move them forward. And I guess that's kind of like I've been looking at Canadian sites, so I suppose that's part of it. You don't seem to have oh, yeah, share that view. Well, unfortunately for like most people, uh, I, I, and some people we argue with, I actually watch basketball. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I know what Andrew Wiggins is. I've watched Andrew Wiggins play numerous times. I've watched random Minnesota Timberwolves versus Sacramento Kings games on Wednesday nights. I, I know what he is. And if I had to score Andrew Wiggins out of 10, he's like a 5.3 out of 10. Wow. So, yeah, he, he's a good def- – he's an all right defender when he feels like trying, but he often doesn't feel like trying. 
He's a god-awful jump shot, and he's a good finisher at the rim, but he's too passive and doesn't care enough to go to the basket. So, like, I – and he's not a good passer. I, I, I just, like – I have no real praise for – he can jump. There you go. Andrew Wiggins can jump really high. But the, Timber, the Timberwolves, what did they get out of it? Like, is DeAndre Russell uh, that good? Yeah. So, De- yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, he was the best player on a team that made the playoffs last year for Brooklyn, which was a team that was not supposed to make the playoffs. And D'Angelo Russell's Carl, uh, Carl Anthony Towns um, – best friend and that's the franchise player in minnesota so he gets to play with his best pal and that's that matters in the nba today he's got to play with your best friends because everyone's very sensitive so <laughs> you gotta have, if someone says something mean to you on twitter you need your best friend there to hold you and stroke your hair or something i don't fucking know i don't understand modern basketball players but whatever the case may be i mean it just makes me as kobe that much more really now that i think about it but anyway that's the only logical conclusion i can get why minnesota traded wiggins for d'angelo russell i mean look don't get me wrong i would have traded andrew wiggins for like a bag of spicy ramen but you know Whatever, doesn't matter. Morris going to the Clippers is a, that strengthens that lineup, gives them a little more, a little more gusto going down the stretch. Marcus Morris, a solid veteran, three point range, plays good defense, good passer. I wouldn't say he's exceptional at anything, but he's good at everything. He's very good at everything, and he doesn't need to be the number one star or the number two option in L.A. like he has been with the Knicks, who are god awful. So it's like a third, fourth, fifth guy in Los Angeles. He'll do nothing but positive things for them there. Drummond going to Cleveland again uh, makes absolutely no sense, but I'm here for it. So it's going to be Andrew, Andre Drummond and Kevin Love and two young shoot-first guards in Cleveland. They, they, it's just the fireworks. Are, if you ever want to see something funny, for those that don't know, watch Kevin Love throw hissy fits on the court literally because he has to still play in Cleveland. Like it's There's some amazing stuff. He literally, on one play, he was calling for the ball in the basket and one of Cleveland's young rookie guards is doing his little, like, yeah, I'm going to make it on ESPN dribble moves. And, like, Love, oh, throws his hands, Love throws his hands up in the air like an angry father or an angry, like, dog parent trying to get it back at the park. Walks out slowly, <laughs> walks out slowly to the top of the perimeter with his hands in the air, calls for the ball again so the guy could see him. He gets the ball, turns, and throws it as hard as he can at one of their teammates. Who like kind of catches it, but kind of like just kind of slaps it down to slow it down and cool it down, and then misses a jump shot, and he just walks away. <laughs> it's wow. It's it's an amazing. I'll send you the clip after because it's a, if you ever want to see a guy getting paid twenty five million dollars and hates his life, Kevin loves your guy. So I wish I, I, I wish Kevin Love had gotten traded at the trade deadline. I, that free Kevin Love hashtag free Kevin Love. Free love. There we go. Hashtag free love is a better one. Yeah, and there wasn't that many big guys moving. Like the Russell Wiggins deal is the biggest deal. The Drummond's deal is the second biggest deal. And then the Morris deal is the third deal. Clint Capella, the Rockets get dealt two days ago. But, I mean, that's old news in the trade cycle. I will say this about trade deadline. Uh, I had Adrian Wojnowski, uh, ESPN's lead guy, and the guy that breaks every trade the moment it happens. So every every year during trade, like the trade deadline, I turn notifications on for Waj because, you know, a Waj bomb is what they're called when trades happen. Because he knows instantly. I don't know how, who he knows or how he knows. He must be like banging a secretary in the NBA's trade <laughs> office. Because that motherfucker knows instantly when trades are happening. And he's like, sources say, is like, is, is the source's name Stephanie Waj? Like, what's going on? Like, is it your wife? Be honest, Waj. Although, if, if Waj was married to a person who works in the NBA trade's office. But I mean, like, it doesn't matter because the trades are getting announced anyway. So it doesn't really matter if he leaks them. But either way, uh, I had notifications on for the last three days with Waj, which means I haven't been sleeping well because my Twitter has been going off like crazy. Because he, 
Waj doesn't just tweet trades. He retweets people's thoughts on trades. He retweets trades in other sports. Jeez. So, like, Waj, Waj is an active Twitter guy, which means my phone was buzzing like a lonely woman in a cold winter night's vibrator. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a lot. I was like laying in bed. It's like 11 30. Like, I got to get up in the morning. And I. The Igadala trade to the Heat is that, like, oh. that seems to be. That seems to be yeah, one that seems a lot of people are um, talking about because I think they're talking about the Heat now becoming contenders because of it. Is that true? Uh, I mean, the Heat were not contenders. I mean, well, de- define contender. De- define contender to come out of the East or contender to win the NBA championship. I, I think they mean to come out of the East. I think everybody knows that. Iguodala helps them. Yeah, in that regard, he does. Um, the Heat could definitely come out of the East. Look, as far as I'm concerned, it's a three-horse race to come out of the East – it's the rap. It's the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Heat. Any of those three teams are the teams I would say would come out of these. Boston's outlier. Philly, if they can get their shit together, would be an outlier. And I believe a real underdog dark horse would be Indiana. Nobody else in the East has a fucking fly. A plane crash could kill two of the top teams in the East, and none of the last two teams would make it out. So that's how confident I am. Orlando. And or whoever the number eight seed is, I don't know. Maybe Brooklyn. I don't know. Those teams aren't going anywhere. But uh, yeah, Miami's good. Jimmy Butler. Um, look, Andre Iguodala. This has to be said because Iggy kind of pulled like a star stud movement treatment this year and sat on Memphis and was like, "No, I'm not going to play. You're going to pay me seventeen million dollars a year to stay home. I refuse to play for you." Wow. I, I don't understand how NBA players can refuse to play and get paid their full salary. That blows my mind I, I i i don't get it I, I you should be able to suspend them or fine them or do something like i am finding you your entirety of your 17 million dollar paycheck until you show up to practice but i guess not i'm pretty sure he got paid 17 million dollars to play not play and so a little bit of a beef broke out between him and the grizzlies this week the young grizzlies core dylan brooks canadian great kid by the way not you know the opposite of wiggins because he's actually good or he looks like he's going to be good <laughs> And uh, their super rookie, Ja Morant, who I'm a huge fan of, love that kid, kind of got into it with Iguodala on uh, Twitter this weekend or this week. And Steph Curry responded with saying with a photo of Iguodala holding the NBA title from, you know, when he was carried to gold titles in Golden State and saying, we only play for chips. And then like Ja Morant, like posted a photo of Kevin Durant holding the finals trophy and the finals MVP trophy and be like, like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh God, I love NBA Twitter so much. And uh, so my final thoughts at Iguodala is Iguodala is 36 years old. He was a hindrance for them against the Raptors last year in the finals. And I, uh, if, I, if, if there's a such thing as past the prime, I mean, He's basically the equivalent of leaving a piece of cod out in the sun for six weeks right now. That's where Andre Iguodala is. So. <laughs> if Andre Iguodala is the missing piece to get you over the hump, then guess what? You're, you're going to slide down the hill. So I, I, I'm not worried about Miami. Um, I am worried about Miami prior to Iguodala. So I don't think Iguodala moves that meter anymore. Is what I really should say. Like, you know, it's like, if you put 5,000 tons on a camel's back and then drop the straw on there and that breaks the camel's back, was it the straw or was it just the weight? Well, let to say Iguodala is just the straw and that's it. I, I don't really care. Uh, so, um, else, though? I don't think there's so, so, so the, uh, the Raptors didn't do anything today. No. Uh, do, do, do you think they needed to, though? Or do you think like what they have is enough... See, I'm 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 a weird misnomer. I'm, I'm probably the wrong guy to talk to on this because, like, even though I'm a Raptor fan, I'm I'm not sold on this team. Like, I'm sleeping on this team with like the windows open in the winter time. That's how hard I'm sleeping on this. Right? I like <laughs> I I know they've won 12 in a row, 
and I know they're 37 and 14 or 38 and 14 or whatever they are. And I know they look really, really, really good, but like it's the East one and two, they haven't, I think the only really good team they've beaten once is the Lakers. Like they, they generally almost all their losses are against the other good teams. Like, they lost to Miami. They've lost to Milwaukee. They lost to the Rockets. They lost to the. I think they lost the second game to the Lakers. They lost to the Clippers twice. You see what I'm saying? Like every good team they've ever played, they've lost to. Now don't get me wrong. When you get to beat up on teams like the the, the Bulls and the Knicks and the Nets and the the Magic. Oh my God, there's so many bad. The Pistons. There's so many bad teams in the East. Like it's not even fair. Any team in the record. Any team with a bad record in the East just has to be really bad because you're playing legitimately. There's five or six good teams in the East. The rest are all god awful. Like it, 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 the NBA, the East is so bad in the NBA. The NBA is debating getting rid of conferences and just picking the best teams. Wow, that's yeah. that's crazy. It, it just seems to be like there's a. Um, we talked about this before. That it just seems that people just want to play out west, and um, it, it's you? always going to be. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's it's the draw, right? I mean, it's like it's uh, weather's better. All that kind of stuff, uh, better lifestyle. Like, I mean, right now in Toronto or in Brooklyn, it's like minus five. You're freezing your bollocks off. Where you know, even LA, you're driving around the the hood down on your 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 top of the range car, right? So it's um, it's not much of a choice really when you think about it, right? I would I look at me honestly. The if I was gifted enough to be an NBA basketball player, or if I was if I was bad enough to be Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going a little far now, but I, I'm kidding. I'm being facetious. Obviously, Andrew Wiggins is a better basketball player than me. But yeah, like I mean, barely. I would barely. <laughs> <laughs> like, actually, I'm pretty sure I could take him one v one one time, just say, because I would probably try harder. If there's one thing Andrew Wiggins has never done in his career is actually try. I so, I would love I would love to start a a hashtag thing going on on Twitter. Steve versus Wiggins. <laughs> Oh, he would destroy me. I, I have the cardio. Sorry, I have the cardio of a broken down lawnmower. It wouldn't be close. He would run around a skateboard and I'd be exhausted. So, like, it's not a matter of skill. It would just be a, like a battle of. If you could hook me up to an oxygen mask, here's an idea. Maybe Mitch can put me through one of his boot camps for six to eight months, and I could probably take Wiggins one on one. That's what I, I think. I, it'd feel, be. I, feel, I feel a Rocky montage video coming on. <laughs> yeah, just giant man tits swinging around. <laughs> Anyway, I, I'm playing. Wiggins isn't that bad. He's like he's a solid six out of ten some nights. But um, I, whereas in the, in the NBA, I would be a negative six out of ten. So I got to give Wiggins his credit. That said, I love that I'm comparing myself to Andrew Wiggins. Like that's how how lowly I think of Andrew Wiggins as I compare my own game to his. I'm pretty Amazing. sure Andrew. I'm pretty sure Andrew Wiggins jumps higher getting out of bed in the morning than I do. So I mean, I got that going for me. But, uh, no, I mean, NBA trade line was interesting. Uh, Iguodala is not going to help the Heat. The Raptors. We were talking about the Raptors, but they should have done. So I was joking about how much I sleep on the Raptors and how much I've been a negative Nancy as far as the Raptors are concerned. Me, personally, I always trust Masai Ujiri. He's our Messiah, as I keep calling him now. And thank God the Knicks signed someone else. We don't have to worry about losing him to the Knicks. That was a really concerned thing. Like, I would rather lose all the players than lose Masai Ujiri. Like, that's how much I love Masai. Like, I like Masai more than I like Siakam, Lowry, any of those guys. Like, Masai has my utmost faith. Uh, the rest of them don't. Um, so, <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> uh, um, how do I say this? Um, if it was up to me, I would have traded Ibaka and Gasol. Uh, Ibaka, Gasol. I'm trying to think of the whole roster here real quick. 
Um, Stanley Johnson, if we could get like maybe a bucket of chicken for Stanley Johnson, that probably would have been nice. If we could trade Patrick McCaw for roadkill, I'd be into that. Um, <laughs> in fact, in fact, we'll take two roadkills for Patrick McCaw just to like help clean the highways. Um, nice. Jesus. I don't know, man. Abaka and Gasol both are on the last years of big contracts. It frees the cap space going into free agency. Toronto's now a proven elite winner. We can probably lure one free agent to come live in a multi. Like the whole goal is to build this. Like we're, we're building towards free agency for when Giannis onto the Kupo becomes a free agent because we all are beating our free agent dicks, praying and hoping to the gods of Greece, like Thor and. No, that's, that's North, sorry. We're, we're praying to yeah. Zeus and Athena. We're praying to Zeus and Athena for uh, Giannis to come our way because, like, I don't know. If there's a rumor that he wants to, and oh, God. How long, uh, um, how long until he's in free agency? 2021 summer. Okay. So it's not oh, sorry. Long so, to sorry. I, I just had a wet dream thinking about Giannis in a Raptor uniform. But, um. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I got to hold on to something thinking about it. <laughs> I'm gonna rub the fan here real fast. All right. Anyway, so uh, our friend Mitch calls Giannis overrated. I think Mitch is a moron. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the, probably the best basketball player in the world right now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like him. I'm going to continue could, to destroy this fan. Um, I'm gonna t- I can tell you that a lot of people think Mitch is a moron, so you're not alone there. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Mitch is a good guy, and yeah. he, he has valued opinions. He also has unvaluable opinions, but he has valued opinions. One of his worst opinions is Giannis Antetokounmpo is overrated. That's 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 crazy. That's that's like saying Christianity is a small religion. That's insane. Like it's just, just a dramatic, dramatic understatement. I I feel like he does. I, I feel like he he knows uh, how to get your royal up, and he just like he's just poking the bear with a stick. So I mean that uh, might work. That that could work yeah. actually. That that does work. <laughs> he, he he got me a little heated earlier in a group chat talking about Draymond Green. I'm like Draymond Green's like one of the top five defensive players in the world, and he's like he's a bum. I'm like okay, all right. Let's, <laughs> let's 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 bring this back a second, Mister. I think Vince Carter was good. So yeah. <laughs> God, I'm you know I'm gonna do this right now. If anybody out there, somebody out there. Like I'm not, I I don't I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. I apologize to those two. I don't really care what you feel, but I'm apologizing regardless. If one of you plucky Christians that think that like praying does something, could somebody pray that this is Vince Carter's last season and he just goes the fuck away forever? I have to watch Grandpa struggle up and down the court any fucking more. I'm gonna throw up, and then I have to hear fucking re- <laughs> moron Fairweather Raptor fans that became fans four years ago tell me that we should bring Vince back. He never did nothing to us. Ah, fuck all of you. Like you, I think, I think that, that I think that oh. ship has definitely sailed with. with yeah, no, no one, anywhere, but, nobody wants yeah. Vince Carter back. Only morons. The fact people are wearing Vince Carter jerseys again is enough to send me into violence. <laughs> so uh, obviously we need to we we want to get you and Mitch back on to kind of have a a mid season Raptors chat to uh, air your grievances and see where your predictions have. So I really hope that you will. You know I'm there. You know I'm always yeah. there for a debate. So, uh, so yeah. thank so, you for having me. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. I really appreciate your opinions. They're uh, controversial as always, and uh, and uh, uh, fuck uh, Carter. Hold on, yeah, hold on. And I'll 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 make sure to leave most of this in because it was pretty awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> and fuck Vince right. Carter. You're not cutting right, Vince uh, Carter. I look forward to my phone blowing up some more with you and Mitch uh, fighting <laughs> fighting over Facebook. So uh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Thanks. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast. I want to give a huge thanks to all my guests this week. Make sure to follow the War Funnel 4 Instagram account to keep up to date with the Wanderers and all things sports related. Andy Watson and I did do our worst 11 of the decade, but I thought it deserved its own episode. 
So that will be out on Tuesday, so make sure to check it out. Let us know your thoughts on Steve's take on the trade deadline day on our Facebook and on our Instagram. As always, thank you all so much for the support. It really does mean a lot. You can head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, cheers.